Good morning, C3. You know, it's crazy to finally be at, uh, at this place. It's, it's a huge honor and such a privilege to be able to share God's goodness with everybody at this service. You know, there's something special about this church. Nine months ago, when I first came through those doors, most of you were strangers to me. <laughs> I didn't know many of you, but I will tell you one thing that is special about this church, and I can't say this enough. It is 100% the people and the family that belong to it. Because in those nine months, I have never felt unwelcomed. I have never felt like I was not supported. And I never felt like I was not a part of this family. So thank you guys. Thank you for that. It's been, it's been quite a ride. And I've known that this day was coming since about June. And you know, Pastor Bill and I were talking and he was like, you know, what's something that you're passionate about? What is something that you can share with the people that resonates good in your heart? And I think when it comes to speaking on the goodness of God, I think telling our story is something that can definitely help deliver that case. Because even in my story, as you're going to learn, you'll see a little bit about myself. You'll see where I started, where God found me, and where I am now. And, you know, Scripture says that faith comes through hearing. So as such, I, feel, I just, I can't wait to tell you guys a little bit about me. I've gotten to know most of you. So um, one of the verses that we're going to be reading from today is Psalms 139. So uh, the psalm starts like this. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. So uh, I will admit that I have read the Psalms many times in my life. However, it was not until recently that it began to take new life, particularly for me. Because the more I read it, the more I realized how grateful I am for the goodness of God in my life. You know, there were times in my life when I felt like I had nobody to run to, no place where I could go, no place that would allow me to feel like I belonged. But no matter what I did, God never left my side. If there's anything I can gift you today, church, it is the rest that you will find in knowing that you are loved, you are accepted, and most importantly, you are forgiven. I was born in El Salvador, El Salvador. I was born into a household that was divided in two separate faiths. My dad and his whole side of the family were born and raised as Catholics. Um, while my mom's side was very much Protestant. Thus, this is how my journey began. By the way, if you do a study into both religions, they're actually really not that different from one another. The books that contest the differences between both religions are the books of the Apocrypha, um, which again uh, can be found in the manuscripts of the Septuagint. So in other words, the Greek translation of the Old Testament. But the point I'm trying to make here is that for my father, being born and raised Catholic, and then later converting to Protestantism, it wasn't that much of a, of a big jump. Because there are a lot of similarities. Ultimately, what made the difference for him was his encounter with the Holy Spirit. But that's a story for another time. <laughs> During the late 80s, El Salvador was going through a civil war. It was the late 80s going into the early 90s. The government was run by a military, and to my understanding, the rules they had imposed on the people were very, very much inhumane. 
Thus, the people decided to fight back, further ensuing the country into military conflict. Although I remember very little, I do remember my family suffering through this war. It is interesting because somehow God has allowed me to retain these memories from an age where the average person doesn't remember much of what life was like back then. Could also be trauma. I choose to glorify God instead. Maybe a conversation with, uh, with Brisa after would help me uh, bring some clarity into that. <laughs> so I choose to thank God anyway. Um, I remember my aunties would move all of our mattresses into their, our living room just so we could all sleep together. It provided them with a sense of security in the midst of conflict. At night, you could hear the helicopters flying overhead with random blasts could be felt on the floors and rumbling walls. Having experienced this, I look back at this time now and realize the freedom that I experience here in Canada is absolutely priceless to me. Like, I, I still remember the sounds, and I don't know if any of you guys have ever experienced war yourselves, and hopefully you never have to, but it's a scary thing. You're sitting at home, and you're trying to sleep at night, and you hear, bah, 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 bah. you're, boom, 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 and like your walls rumble. It's a very, very scary thing. I was very young, and I remember having to navigate this really strange world that I was born into at this time. It was, it was pretty crazy. You know, that's why every day that I'm here, I am so grateful to God for allowing me the opportunity to live in such a beautiful country. Because I don't know if you know this, but up until the last couple of years, El Salvador was run by gangs. There are more people in gang life than they are in the police and military combined. So everything was absolutely run from the gangs. They had a curfew after eight o'clock. You weren't allowed to be out in the streets. If you were out in the streets, you run danger of not coming back. Whereas here, I could go to a movie and leave the movie at one o'clock in the morning and know that I'm safe. So Canada to me is absolutely priceless. It is one of the greatest gifts that God has ever given me. My mother tried for three years uh, with my dad to have children with no success. The doctors would tell her that the odds of her being able to conceive were very, very little. After years of praying with disappointment, God answered her prayer. She tells me of a time she went to the supermarket and was approached by a man she had never met. He told her he had a message for her. And my mom, for those of you that have never met my mom, my mom's like, she's the only adult human I know that is shorter than my brother. So, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so naturally, with, with extreme caution, she allows this random man to deliver this prophetic message. And this man told her that he knew that God had, that she had been praying to God for quite some time now, and that God was answering her prayer. That on that day, God was going to answer her prayer. He said that she would conceive a boy. The boy was going to be called, was going to be born with a calling, a calling to serve God. I was that boy. In other words, God had placed a calling over my life even before my birth. Jeremiah 1.5 tells us that he knows who we are even before being formed in our mother's womb. How amazing is that? He knew you and he loved you even before you were conceived. 
A few months later, my mom found out that she was pregnant, so the word was confirmed, and some months later, I was born. Now, you may be asking yourself, where am I going with this? I'm telling you this because I want you to understand how far back God was invested in my life. He was bringing his life, his plan to life in me, even though it was not always a straight line. And I think that as Christians, we all realize that sometimes when we're here and we want to get to this certain point, we wish it could be a straight line. You're like, God, come on, just straight, just get me there. But instead, there's a bit of a zigzag, but he gets us there. By the way, when I tell you guys the story and as we start to progress through this message, uh, a lot of feelings and memories come into mind. So understand one thing. If you see waterfalls... They're not because of the pain I experienced. They are there because of the goodness of God in my life. I, when I look back, I can see traces of God's hand at work in absolutely everything that I lived through. Believe me when I tell you, church, there are no words that can begin to describe the love our God has for us, the love our God has for you. If that does not speak into how great our God is, I don't know what will. I think it speaks into how relentless his love is for his people. Hence the title of the sermon is Relentless Love, because that's what he has. It is just absolutely relentless. And when you actually sit and look back and see the traces of his hand in everything that we do, you begin to see that. A few years after arriving in Canada, my father again converted over to the Protestant faith and our family journey began. During the early teens, my parents had a fallout with the church and unfortunately decided to leave the church and the faith altogether. I was very, very young. When they speak on this story, they tell me it was because their faith was focused on man rather than focused on God. So naturally, people make mistakes which cause them great pain. I was 14 when they decided to leave the church. I remember thinking to myself, wow, you mean to tell me that I can now do all of those things that I was not allowed to do? Like, what is this freedom that I'm finding? So my life began a downward spiral, very young at the age of 14. I began rebelling against my parents getting in trouble with the law. Drugs and alcohol began to consume my life. Like many teens, I felt misunderstood, that my parents would never understand me. Surely I tell you one thing, church. If we do not teach our children and our youth how to love Jesus, the world will teach them how not to. I, feel like my, I felt like my parents would never understand me, and that was one of the biggest lies the enemy had cast into my head. Do you know who I did feel would understand me? The people I met in the streets, the people in gangs, the people I felt would never judge me, the very people helping me get into trouble, helping me get the substances I thought I wanted. And again, I'm not telling you this because I'm proud or I'm glorifying the life. I'm telling you this because that's where God found me. Psalms 139 goes on to say in verse 11, If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day for the darkness is as light to you. I lived in that darkness. 
I would leave my parents' house every morning with my backpack pretending to be going to school. Meanwhile, one of my friends had given me a house key, and I would leave from my parents' house directly to this house and just continue sleeping. I didn't care about what I was doing for, to my future. I didn't care what I was doing. I felt like I could do whatever I wanted. I was in charge of myself. The school I was attending at the time, I would wake up in the afternoon and then go to school, and I'd probably miss class and stuff as well. The school I was attending at the time was more concerned about passing students than about the actual knowledge that they were getting. There were classes I attended once the entire semester, and I still passed. That school has since been shut down. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> You know, you know, church, if you could see a snapshot of what I was like back then, you wouldn't recognize me. You would see a broken down kid with an ocean full of regret. My innocence just being poured out like water. And yet he was relentless in his pursuit for me. He was still willing to accept me. I just hadn't realized it yet. The darkness had taken me to a point where I felt that God would never forgive me. I felt like the church was no place for me. I felt like if I walked into church, I would be judged. I felt like God wouldn't want anything to do with me. Look at everything I've done. Look at everything I'm still doing. You know, this was my mentality back then. I felt that God would never forgive me. My parents eventually returned to the church and recommitted their lives to Christ. However, for me at that point, it was just far too late. I was too far away for them to reach me. Here we go. <laughs> I remember there were nights when, um, when my mom would call me crying. <sighs> begging me to return home, to return to church. She would wake up in the middle of the night crying and calling me because she had heard, she had had dreams that I was arrested or hurt. She would simply hear police sirens and assume that they were coming for me. If I could tell you one thing, church, is this. There is absolutely nothing that you could do that will ever change his love, his purpose, and his forgiveness for you. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter. God will always have a, pl a place for you at his table. I think that a verse in Luke 15 encompasses this point so beautifully. And I didn't put it in a slide, but I will just read it to you. So Luke 15 says that now the tax collectors and the sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them? Then Jesus replied to them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country to go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it in his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. I tell you in the same way that there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who do not repent. You will go after the one lost sheep every single time. That is the God that we worship. That is the God that we pursue. 
When I was roughly 24, my parents learned that there was a big national event happening in El Salvador. By this point in time, I already had a criminal record. I already had like a list of, I was chained down. My heart, I felt like I had put such a hard shell over my heart so that I just didn't have to feel emotions. I didn't have to feel pain anymore. I didn't have to feel darkness. And my parents were always like, you know, my mom would text me scripture. My mom would just call me to pray for me and stuff like that. And she would pray and I'd be doing one of these. Like the phone would just be in my hand while she's praying and I'd just be watching TV or something like that. I just didn't want to hear it. There was just no place for that in my heart. I had closed my heart up so much that I didn't want any part of that. So my parents learned of this big national event that was happening in El Salvador. So you remember that I told you that the problem that we had in El Salvador years back is the gangs. They were the biggest thing back then. They were completely destroying our country. At one point, El Salvador was known for the murder capital of the world. They were averaging 700 murders per day. So my parents heard of this. And, and, and the reason for this event was to talk to people that were impoverished, people that were in gangs, people that were in jail, or people that like didn't have a place to go. That was the market for this place. It was a big event held by a church down in Central America. And as soon as my parents found out, they're like, let's get them there. And uh, um, they bought me a plane ticket. They didn't tell me that this event was happening in El Salvador. They purchased me this ticket. They're like, hey, man, listen, it's time you go meet your family, your cousins. Let's go meet some of the people, meet your roots. So I'm like, heck, yeah, let's do this. And uh, I went to El Salvador. Uh, I flew back to the country where my parents had once taken me from. I got to meet my cousins, aunties, uncles, grandparents. So because when we came here, I grew up with a brother, sister, mother, and a father. So I never got what it was like to have cousins or to your grandparents. My grandma was here, and my grandma was essentially who raised us. But what I'm telling you is I never had the opportunity to be like, hey, I'm going to call my cousin. Let's go hang out. I never knew what that was like. All my family was back home. So to be able to meet all of them was super cool to me. I was there about a week, and then the event was happening. It was going to happen that weekend. And uh, my auntie told me the night before, she's like, hey, listen, there's an event happening tomorrow. I'd really like you to check out. She's like, uh, she told me that the event was happening and that I should definitely give it a try to go with an open heart and simply listen. If I did not like it, she would simply come and pick me up. At this, I totally agreed. I'm like, heck yeah, man, you're going to drop me off. Don't go too far because uh, <laughs> I will be calling you back. Um, but again, you know, I, I went with the full expectation to be calling her. Little did I know what was waiting for me at this event. It was a three-day event packed with moments of worship, sermons, and different activities. I met people down there almost immediately the day that I was there, and I immediately clicked with them. They were very familiar to me because these are the types of people that I was hanging out here. So it felt like home in a way. I connected with them almost immediately. On the Saturday, and again, this was an evening event, during the worship service, the pastor passed around a piece of paper with pencils to everybody in attendance. 
He made it clear that no one would read what we wrote on these papers, but to begin writing some of the things that had hurt us in our lives. That to this day we have been unable to forget. And I don't know if you've ever done something like this, church, but to me it was very, very meaningful. They brought you a piece of paper and they brought you a pencil and they were like, this is just between you and God. You're going to write on this piece of paper some of the things that you to this day have trouble forgiving, some of the pains that to this day you have trouble accepting. You are going to write the raw you. And I remember thinking to myself, I'm like, come on, dude. Like, all right. And, and I started writing with my pen. I started writing down on this piece of paper. It was one of the hardest things that I've ever had to do. Because a lot of those memories started to come back. A lot of those memories started to come back. But I did it with an open heart and I wrote on this piece of paper. And I remember holding this piece of paper and I'm like, man, if these guys were to read what is on here, they'd probably walk me out. So I began writing on this piece of paper and I just continued and I continued and I continued. I ended up writing on both sides. I remember thinking about all the friends that I had lost, the choices I had made, and the pain I caused my parents. And so I continued writing. Outside, the leaders had made a big bonfire, and we were all asked, after the point of time where we were able to write on this paper, the, the leaders walked us outside of the building, and they had a big bonfire in a circle, and they're like, Okay, everybody just make a circle around this fire. We were asked, again, to make a circle around the fire, but, and in prayer, give all of those things that we had written on that paper and give it all to God. He said that the price for our freedom had already been paid. So in faith, I grabbed that piece of paper, and I'm like, God, take it. Take it all away. I th grabbed that piece of paper and I threw it in the fire. In church, I tell you that as soon as that paper hit that fire, something happened within me. Something happened within me. That shell that I had built around my heart to protect myself against everything cracked. I didn't understand it yet, but something had, had changed. I just didn't know what. You know what that was? He was turning chains to dust. I remember coming out and just feeling completely different. I remember just, just feeling like something had just changed. So... When we went back inside, they had a little bit of a worship moment. And I remember like hearing the songs and I remember listening to, to what was going on and what was being talked about. And um, I challenged God. I closed my eyes and in prayer, I'm like, okay. All right, God, your turn. If you are who you say you are, if you are real, and if you love me, prove it. Show me that you are real. Show me that you love me. 
I do not know if any of you have had an experience like this, but it was in that moment that I felt as if a shock had shot straight from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. And that was it. It was like I was in some place completely different. I felt like I was in the sky, just flying through the sky. And for the first time ever in my life, I heard him. He spoke to me so loud and so audibly. I knew it was him. Oh, give me a second. (laughs) You know, it's crazy, man. It's crazy because he just never quits. He never quits. He's a God that doesn't need us. We need him. And yet his pursuit for us is relentless. He told me on that day, Julio, I want you to know that there's nothing in your life you could ever do that will change my love for you. I have never forgotten and will never let you go. My love for you will never change. And I will never forget those words. I remember opening my eyes at that point in time and just basically collapsing. (laughs) I remember my knees felt shaky and I just, I literally couldn't hold myself up. I felt so, such a tremendous gratitude towards a God that never gave up on me, regardless of what I've done or said. In saying this, I do want to, I do want to be clear about one thing, church. Most of us assume that when God is working in us, transforming something in us, we just assume that it might be an instant transformation, but it's not. It's a process. A process that takes time, patience, and forgiveness. We love God because God first loved us. In the years that followed, a lot of changes began to happen with me in my life. I was just so compelled by what, I, what, what God had done for me that I wanted to tell the world that God is so real I began posting scripture on social media. So back then, MSN Messenger was the biggest thing. (laughs) AOL, that kind of stuff. Facebook was still very, very primitive. It was still very brand new. But I just, I had to tell the world of what, what I had experienced. Naturally, when light hits the darkness, the darkness disappears. As such, the people around me began to also. Some came to know Christ, others just completely disappeared. They just didn't want to hear it. And I thank God every day because of the group I used to, because out of the group that I used to hang out with, I can't even count with both hands how many of those people are no longer here. How many of those people are no longer on earth? And it's humbling to think about where I would be had God not came after me the way that he did. Had my parents not put the effort in that they put in so that I could find that freedom. This is why I have such a strong passion for the kids. This is why I have such a strong passion for the youth because I was them once. You know, when I see them, I see beautiful, innocent hearts 
and God just wants to reach them. And it is just, it is just such a calling over me to speak to them and talk to them the way that I wish somebody would have approached me. Because God has always been relentless. By the way, with this preaching thing, I'm still very much a student, so I'm still learning. I do tell you, so if this feels a little bit short, I'm just apologizing first and foremost, okay? Um, worship team, I don't know if you're... I want you to know one thing today. That in the same way he never gave up on me, he will never give up on you. It does not matter what you've done or what you've thought or said. The price for your life was paid a long time ago, and that price can never be changed. Scripture says that we all fall short of the grace of God, and even then his pursuit for us is relentless. It's crazy to think about because, again, he doesn't need us. We need him. Yet he's always been there. Even now when I look back and I look back in the times that I felt that I was the furthest away from God, I can still see traces and evidence that he still had my back. You know, and ever since then, ever since that happened, I just, I just wanted to tell the world about it and just tell people that there is a God that, that will never stop pursuing you. So I'd like to do something special today, and I'd like to pray for you guys. So I'd like to ask all of you guys if you could please stand. I want to pray for you guys, but in the same way, I also want you guys to pray back. And I want us to pray as a family for all those people that are still living with those chains on. For all those people that are living with the callus and the shell protecting their heart because of things that they've experienced, things that they've lived. And if you're here today and there's things in your heart that you have had trouble forgiving, trouble forgetting, if there's, if, if there's just things that have occurred, I don't know all of your stories, but you do. And if you feel that you need freedom like that today, I would like you to also join me in prayer. Father God, thank you. And I want to thank you because you are a God who is relentless. You are so, so good. I want to thank you because you are a God of mercy. You are a God of freedom. You are a God of forgiveness. And most importantly, you're a God of love. Father God, I want to raise all the people in this service today, the people that couldn't make it, the people online, And in the name of Jesus, I want to pray freedom over that pain. I want to pray freedom over those chains. I want to pray freedom over that suffering, God. Today, God, I challenge you to show them how relentless you are. I pray in the name of Jesus that today all that pain goes. Today, that suffering changes. Today, your people find the freedom they have been looking for. Oh, Father God, there is no greater God than you. You have never forget, forgotten us. You have always been present in absolute everything that we do. Thank you, Father God. Thank you.